This is Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture. I'm Amy Brown. Last fall, a representative of American Iron and Metal, or AIM, the multinational scrap metal company that owns part of the former mill site in Bucksport, raised the possibility of partnering with the town to reopen the mill's old landfill in order to accept construction and demolition debris. Though they own the property as a private company, they are required under Maine law to partner with a municipality or the state. Since they floated the idea verbally in October, no official written proposal has yet been received. But as town officials and concerned residents have explored the issue, many new concerns have come to light, not only about reopening the old landfill, but about the condition of that existing site, which it turns out has been out of DEP compliance for years. In January, we spoke with several concerned residents and town manager Susan Lassard. First up today, we'll hear from Tracy Hare, Ralph Chapman, Don White, Bill Tomasco, and Hans Krischels. So I'm Tracy Hare, and I'm a resident of Bucksport. I've lived in Bucksport about a mile and a half, or just under a mile and a half, from the proposed um, reopening of the dump site. My name is Don White. I uh... I live in Bucksport. I'm a lifelong resident of Maine. I built a house out on the town farm road in 86. Uh, I've served on the town council. I've been in uh, uh, several uh, things in Bucksport. The biggest one was the coal-fired power plant that uh, that uh, came to came to town or wanted to come to town around 88 through 91. And uh, this is a, a proposal that we've uh, we've got right on early because it's a, it seems like a real bad deal. I'm Ralph Chapman and I've, uh, have lived in Bucksport for only three years, but I, uh, am retired now. I've been a research scientist and, uh, an educator and, uh, most recently a state representative representing the Blue Hill Peninsula for four terms or eight years as a, uh, representative in the legislature. Uh, Significantly, I represented the district house, only house district in Maine that had had uh, metallic mineral mines, commercial mines in the past century. And some of the issues involved with landfill problems are overlap with the problems of uh, mining. My name is Bill Tomasco and I live on Verona Island. Uh, I've had a law practice in Bucksport for the last 40 years. I grew up in the town site. Is that group of 45 houses right up from the mill used to play in the landfill when I was a young man, young boy. Uh, I, uh, lived on Scott's lane. My wife and I built a house there, which almost abuts the landfill. So I'm very familiar with the landfill. We always called it the bar dump. My name is Hans Kirschels, a concerned citizen of Bucksport. I've been here for the better part of half a century. I've worked to improve our schools in the old days raised two children, worked on our comprehensive plan, supported numerous efforts to make our town a better place for our children, a more inviting place for our friends and newcomers. In November of this year, in November of this year, uh, AIM, uh, the company that purchased the uh, the old mill site and the mill, uh, came to the town and asked if they could join in partnership to reopen the landfill that was there for the paper mill for many, many years. They can't do it by themselves. They wanted to transfer ownership. It must be done to transfer ownership to the town of Bucksport in order for this landfill to be reopened. 
what that means for the town is basically some money. They've offered some money uh, that approximately over a 10 to 12 year contract would come to a maximum of about a three and a half million dollars. That partnership must happen for them. They cannot do this by themselves. What this means for the town is is that it's money for the the major source of pollution this brings to the town. This brings heavy truck traffic, industrial traffic. Uh, they're estimating they estimate six to eight trucks a day to go through town to dump so-called construction uh, debris, so-called incidental waste, and so-called wood waste into an already significantly polluted landfill site. Uh, this creates obviously significant noise issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't need to, these things are obvious. What is what is uh, the town people seem to have genuinely up in arms with us. This is not something that they want to turn to. There's been significant improvement in Bucksport. Bucksport has moved with citizens groups to make the town more accessible to tourism, to small business, et cetera, after the mill. This is a an opportunity for uh, a change of direction. This is a, a major step backwards. This is what Bucksport would become. Do we want to become a dump town as opposed, you know, when the mill was here, we had jobs. This is not a job creator. When the mill was here, we created a product. We created fine paper out of wood. This is nothing but but accepting trash, and that's that's what it is. Statewide trash. So that's just a basic overview um, of of what's going on. It's a major source of pollution. Uh, very little benefit for the town other than some money, and uh, uh, there there it is. There'll be there'll be changes to the proposal once it gets written, but it's a it's it's a it's a it's a basic uh, proposal that's been made by AIM in November. Ralph Chapman. Yes, I uh, I look at the questions that it raises and uh, the concerns that it raises. And one of the big ones for me is the liability issue that the town takes on if it takes ownership of the mill of the uh, of the landfill. And uh, I have uh, uh, some experience with mining issues. Uh, the town of Bucks of Brooksville, for example, was offered for at no cost a gift of the land that the uh, Callahan mine uh, had operated on. And the town uh, rejected the gift. Uh, and the reason was that as soon as the town owned something that uh, is a, a liability with potential future costs that could be easily in the tens of millions of dollars, it's something that the town would not be able to get out from under once it once it does that. So to me, the major concern here is a future financial liability for the town. And as I say, in the range of tens of millions of dollars, in the case of Brooksville, uh, it, it, uh, $50 million is the current estimate for some partial remediation of groundwater contamination issues at that site. Now, mining and landfills are different, but they both represent potential uh, sources of water pollution, point sources of water pollution. Go ahead, Bill. 
I'd like to just follow up on that. We haven't seen a written proposal, so we don't really know, but AIM has apparently said that they will hold the town harmless or indemnify the town for any liability that it may incur. Uh, those, I have some experience uh, with those agreements. They're very uh, difficult to draft, and many times the it doesn't stop you from being sued for your own negligence. So AIM could say, okay, if anything happens, we're going to, if there's any liability on your part for something that's happened in the past, then we're going to indemnify you uh, for that, maybe. But most agreements don't say if the town is negligent, that will indemnify you. So what could happen is a town could be sued by someone if there's a suit that we negligently supervise the operator of the landfill. And that indemnification hold harmless agreement would not be applicable. The other issue is that Ralph touched on with the amount of money. Environmental litigation goes on for such a long period of time. If we look at Holtrachem up in Orrington, I think that's been going on for 22 years and isn't really finally resolved, I don't think. So if Don was saying how we could be getting, you know, $300,000 a year, possibly. Uh, the attorney's fees, in, or for eight to 10 year period, the attorney's fees on extended litigation would probably exceed that amount that we would get, let alone the potential liability that Ralph talked of, of if we become a super fun site or whatever we may become, because we know that there's problems up there. The DEP has pointed that out. So I'm I'm not, I don't feel good about any hold harmless or indemnification agreement that AIM may propose. Like I say, it's not in writing yet, which is another big concern. I believe the legal wrangling over the cleanup from Holterchem slash Malincrot is finally resolved but part of what took it so long was to try to figure out exactly how they were going to do remediation. And that's the next step from what I understand with that is remediation in the river, which is part of potentially your concerns here as well. I believe this is across the street from the old mill site, but it's still pretty close to the river, correct? It's Tracy, very close to the river. Tracy here. Yeah, correct. And, and one thing about the um, the type of landfill that is being proposed um, unlike with a municipal landfill, a C&D landfill has a slightly different set of regulations from DEP. And one of those most concerning ones is that it can, it's not regulated to have a liner underneath and it's not regulated uh, the discharge into the river. And so we would be taking on um, something uh, potentially even more harmful than the existing harm to the river. I also wanted to point out that when we initially um, spoke up about our concerns with each other, um, at that time, we were speaking up about our concerns with each other uh, uh, regarding the proposal based on a landfill that was being stewarded correctly according to permit permits from DEP. We've since found out that they are out of compliance in some fairly serious ways, and one just has to check on the DEP inspection reports to gather that information. So we would essentially be entertaining a proposal to take on a liability of what we now know 
is a system that's already leaking in some areas and has some um, deficiencies in compliance. So we also now know that there could be a potential liability from the current state of it over the last, uh, what, five years since it's been in, or seven years, sorry, since it transferred ownership. So we didn't know that in the beginning. It doesn't change my my concern. Um, I share Ralph and uh, Bill and Don's concern about liability. I, I am also really concerned just about the pattern of the current owner and why would we trust any deal moving forward when as citizens of Bucksport, we have, they haven't honored their agreement to, to, uh, to take care of the landfill that they're in current ownership of. I also am really concerned about the truck traffic and people spoke up about this at the forum, the citizens forum that we held. Um, it's, it's widely known that Bucksport has an aging population and it's widely known that we need sidewalk plans and mm-hmm. things to be improved. I don't think it's in the town's best interest to add any volume of uh, large truck traffic to downtown Bucksport for folks who already struggled across on crosswalks. And another concern I have, um, and this is not a professional concern, this is just a citizen concern, is that I've been following the challenges with Juniper Ridge and it's asking for expansion. Um, and this isn't the first expansion it's asked for. So it, it's possible that Juniper Ridge won't exist in six years. Um, and the unless there's expansion. Uh, The proposal on the table, verbal proposal that we have from AIM, is about a 10 to 12 year relationship with them. So within that 12 year time period, if Juniper Ridge closes, will Bucksport become the go-to place for the states, for the regional C&D waste? And that concerns me. So I think the estimate of eight trucks a day is an underestimate. Um, and I'm concerned about that. And I think that wasn't at least accounted for in their verbal plan. Um, so, uh, uh, in addition to that, just the, the contaminated wells that have already been uh, a, a source of problem with, with the, the landfill already, uh, what, what will it do now to future wells? And the reports are showing that arsenic levels are rising. Um, there's a lot, a lot of problems already. You're listening to Main Currents on WERU-FM. We are talking about the proposal by the company known as AIM, American Iron and Metal, to reopen a landfill in Bucksport that was previously used by the mill. The guests you're hearing from in this segment are Tracy Hare, Ralph Chapman, Don White, Bill Tomasco, and Hans Krischels, who you will hear from next. The thought of reactivating the old bark dump, as it's called, of making it the toxic demolition waste dump of New England is an assault on everything I've ever dreamed of, an assault on the finer hopes and visions and aspirations of all of us. What concerns me most now is this, not the reopening of the site. That I think we can stop. But make no mistake, there is a reason the current owners are so eager to partner with us and weasel their way out of responsibility for the site. This place is a disaster. I'll leave the latest DAP reports to others on this panel, along with reports on the negligence of the current owners, the violated agreements, the ongoing poisoning of our watershed. Whatever comes of the current proposal, the site itself, the true legacy of our industrial past, is a toxic blight on the face of our town. And dealing with that, 
through monitoring and whatever remediation and possible is the true challenge that lies ahead of us. And I think that's going to be my message, you know, and that that's all I'll speak to for now. Thanks. And jump in anytime you want. Don, we spoke prior to this interview. You mentioned being near the dump site during the recent rainstorms and just seeing water just gushing out of that area. If you could speak to that and get specific, describe this site, where it is and what's known about what's happening up there and what you mm-hmm. need answers for before even looking at potentially expanding it, as Hans was saying. Well, it's a current 48 acres of, of, of a hill of trash that has been somewhat covered, not all of it covered. It is it has raw leachate and leachate is just is is the stuff that comes out of that pile of trash it is the stuff the rain that that comes off it through rainwater etc it goes into a so-called leachate pond that is untreated it goes directly into the river if you want to go up there and listen it's just a gush of water going straight downhill to the penobscot river it also is leaking. All landfills leak. Let's not be, let's, 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 let's just talk what, what the reality is. All landfills are a mess right now. They all leak into the groundwater. I think that's a U.S. government understood statement. So we, we're already experiencing significant arsenic and PCB problems in local, in local groundwater around there in the monitoring. It hasn't even been monitored accurately. It's been very loosely done. DEP is understaffed, overwhelmed, and all landfills are having significant problems. What this is, is business as usual. Find a place where we can put our stuff, our trash, and we'll continue to do it because it's the least, it's, it's, the, it's the cheapest way to do it. It's the worst way to handle trash. There are, there are options. There are options available. But they require work. They require building building incinerators that really can burn lots of things effectively and treat it and treat it. Landfills are terrible. This is just an extension. This is business as usual. This is just business as usual. Bucksport has an opening. Let's go there. We're not going to we're not going to do that. This is not business. Somebody has to say no to this pipeline of trash. And that's what's that's what I hope Bucksport will do at this point. Stand up tall on this one. I'd like to add a couple of things um, in follow up to what Don said and what Tracy said. I grew up in the town site and the town site is probably you can walk from the town site up the pipeline that goes to the mill from Silver Lake about a quarter of a mile and then get onto the landfill. When I was in eighth grade, Glenn Webb, who's a science teacher, just passed away a few years ago. We were in eighth grade, so I'm 66, so that was probably 54 years ago, had us do water samples from where we lived. And I did a water sample from the runoff from the bark dump, we called it, which is the landfill. And I took it into Mr. Webb, and Mr. Webb tested it and said, Bill, I don't know where you got this, but you should stay away from that place. And I, I always remembered that. And I have experience with the truck traffic that Tracy is talking about. When I lived on Scott's Lane, Scott's Lane was even closer to the landfill. Scott's Lane is if you go out to Silver Lake Road, McDonald Street, and take a left beyond the ball field, 
You go down to a dead end, Scotts Lane and Evergreen Drive. They are abutting neighborhoods where they're, the property value is going to be seriously devalued due to this. While Debbie, my wife and I lived there, the town, the mill was trucking up ash from burning in, um, in their biomass there. And the banging of the tailgates alone was like gunshots going off in the neighborhood. And we formed a neighborhood group to try to stop that. Well, you're going to have a lot more when you have an active landfill than someone just dumping occasional truckloads, as Tracy said. I assume there's going to be bulldozers. There may be compactors. There's going to be heavy truck traffic. And there's no question that the property values in Scotts Lane, uh, Evergreen Lane, probably the town site, which is very close, and Drake's Lane, which is on the other side as you go up the river road, will be affected. So property values are going to go down, which will affect the tax value of the town and will affect our quality of life and why people want to move into town. It's the perception of being a landfill town. We were worried about being a mill town. A lot of people were worried about the perception of being a mill town. Well, what's the perception going to be of being a landfill town? Everybody's going to think we're Juniper Ridge. And as Tracy said, we may turn into something like that because Juniper Ridge won't be taking the landfill debris. When I hear you all talk about the trucks, I wonder about the impact on all that's going on in downtown Bucksport these days. I, I was there when the last shift left the mill. It was like this snowy gray day and it was very depressing and we ran down to capture that and interview some people and things looked really bleak. And in the months that followed, Bucksport became sort of this inspiration of how you revitalize a town. It, it was amazing. I remember actually posting something on social media a couple of years later with the, uh, was it Wednesdays on Main, Thursdays on Main, whatever day it was, that basically the Main Street became sort of like a festival atmosphere and driving through downtown Bucksport and not being able to find a place to park because there was so much going on and thinking this is really a best case scenario turnaround for this town because it could have gone in a much worse direction. How would that be impacted? Is there a way for trucks to get in and out of this dump area? Because as I'm envisioning it, it seems like they would be going right down through Main Street. Is that correct? The original verbal um, conversation from AIM, I think, indicated that truck traffic would be coming up Route 15. However, again, this doesn't take into account the Juniper Ridge catastrophe and uh, I think it's naive to think that truck traffic's not also going to come over the Bucksport-Verona Bridge through Bucksport. But you're right. There is it, – it, it'll be the downtown channel, uh, the downtown lanes that folks would be – that trucks would be coming uh, coming on if they're coming from that part of the state. Um, so but, – but also, Amy, if I can, talk about the – the work of all of uh, Bucksport residents when I'd, I've been here in the area for 25 years, but I moved away briefly. And when I came back with my partner, heart and soul was just, it was hopping. And we were brought into this room downtown where the pet shop is now. And we were interviewed actually by Don's wife, Shaw and uh, another townsperson who we'd never met. And we heard about all of these exciting things happening in Bucksport. And that work ended up to into a meeting with 
with uh, pages and pages of ideas um, that were were gathered from community members of how they would like to see Bucksport, not just downtown, but Bucksport in general. Those heart and soul statements, I was led by Nancy Minot, uh, Hans's partner, were were submitted to town council and the current seated town council at the time voted and adopted on those heart and soul, soul statements to be values that we hold as citizens of Bucksport. And they're on the wall in council chambers. So if you ever get a chance to go to a town council meeting, you can also find those heart and soul statements on, on, um, on the town's website. But the gist of it is there were groups, uh, Main Street Bucksport. There was a group, uh, Bucksport Next, which is, was an offshoot of the comprehensive plan. There was the adapt plan and then the heart and soul plan. And this is just hundreds and hundreds of hours of pain turning into really good things for our town, for everyone out back and downtown and I think there's hope in our town and and let's not squash that let's let's keep it going we had a pandemic it didn't derail the work we're just getting started again we've got to get more businesses back and move on the town's been through enough Don White did you want to jump in again well just to to back up on what Tracy was saying after the mill closed Buckswood picked itself up It created citizens groups to help promote things like small business. Shops popped up on Main Street. Music popped up on Main Street. There is a study right now how to, how to fix up the the downtown area and make it more accessible to small business and to tourism. Tourism has started to, started to be created in Bucksport. Things like that or the direction of the town and they're, they're, they're what, they're what the townspeople wanted. Uh, citizens groups have worked long and hard in order to change our image and to move forward. This is a complete antithesis of we, we become, we become the trash dump town. If this happens, that's what goes on. I, I was talking with a woman who'd moved into Bucksport nine weeks ago last night. She said, I did not move here in order to become, to live next to a trash dump. Trash dumps have major issues. Uh, and that it would kill the initiatives that the citizens have worked long and hard that the town has been recognized for. It's been recognized in Down East Magazine. It's been recognized nationally. It's been recognized in Yankee Magazine as, as it, as it picked itself up from, from the, from the end of the mill to a change in focus. And that's where we are. And this is a, this is a proposal that makes some money for a large corporation, but that's it. And it leaves the town with trash. And we were voted best small coastal town in the USA by US magazine. To follow up on that, uh, I was very impressed. This is Ralph Chapman at the public forum, uh, that, um, there were comments that people made, uh, visionary comments about what they wanted for the town of Bucksport. And there, there was one woman who got up and, and very, very clearly stated that uh, she was uh, renting space to uh, a young couple who had recently bought a, a dilapidated house here in Bucksport and were fixing it up in order to live here, in order to raise their family here, in order to make this a home. And she said, these are the types of people that we want to attract to Bucksport, people who uh, will want to live here, young people that will want to raise their families here. And uh, I, I was impressed that 
the public was not only expressing dismay at living near a landfill, but uh, were expressing a, a positivity towards what Bucksport could be as a town and how valuable it would be to to have uh, a town where people wanted to live. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Maine Currents on WERU-FM. I'm Amy Brown, and the guests that you're hearing from in this segment are Tracy Hare, Ralph Chapman, Don White, Bill Tomasco, and Hans Krischels. Hans Krischels here. Again, just a brief footnote to underscore what Tracy and others have been saying. I attended a um, meeting of, I think it was a planning committee recently here in town, where a firm from Portland, I believe, was making a presentation on how to upgrade, how to beautify, how to improve and make more user-friendly the main street of our town. There was a man at the meeting representing the DEP, the Department of Transportation, the DOT, there. And at the end of this wonderful presentation about how beautiful Main Street was going to become, I interjected. I asked if anyone on the planning was aware of this proposal by AIM. And none of the planners from Portland were even aware of the proposal. And the man from the DOT said not to worry that it was a state highway through town and the state was the department was prepared to handle any and all traffic that came through the town. And to my mind, that was just a huge disconnect between all the plans for a beautiful Bucksport and this proposal for a landfill. Uh, Very dramatic. Um, Just one little footnote to my footnote. I have two daughters who spent their early years in this town. It's been my lifetime mission to get them to move back here. That's not going to happen. They say jobs and that, of course. But if you're going to be the landfill of Maine, the toxic dump for New England, no way would we want to live there. And that supports what Ralph was saying and others have been saying about the young people and how they perceive this as a beautiful, wonderful coastal town, best coastal town in America to raise their children in. I mean, it's just a total disconnect. It sounds like you all are possibly Mm -hmm. discussing at least two different issues that are going to have to be addressed by someone, which is the state of the existing landfill, and then also this proposal. If people want to learn more or get involved in this, what direction do you see things heading in? What can people actually do? Is it just at the planning stages? Tracy, Tracy Hare. Um, I can only speak to the it's it's only been to the infrastructure committee and uh, one other and the economic development committee. And those were both those were verbal proposals. It's not on the council agenda. uh, And in November, town manager Lessard asked for a written proposal. And uh, we, we haven't seen that yet. However, in that process, we've since discovered that the, the current condition of the landfill is is not good. So the town now is not even entertaining a proposal until they have a response to the current violations of the permit. Who would that response be coming from? From AIM. Answer some questions about the current compliance challenges before a proposal could even be entertained is what my understanding is right now. So it's not scheduled to be on the agenda for review. However, um, you know, a lot of us wonder, would a review change any of our thoughts on this? I don't think, um, for for me, it's, I don't support the landfill reopening. 
But I would encourage folks to reach out to town councilors. If you go to bucksportmain.gov and you click on the link for council, their email addresses are listed on there and they're open and, and uh, to hearing your points of view. Some folks have written letters to the editor. Uh, talk to your friends. Keep an eye on that agenda for sure. Um, I think we should all be monitoring the town council agendas to make sure that we're aware of when it is on to give input. And some of us have already spoken at different council meetings. John? Yeah, uh, the council is certainly, it's their responsibility to listen to the citizens of the area, and they will do that. They've been good so far at, 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 at accepting accepting information. The word landfill is interesting, isn't it? Is it like we're putting compost on the land and raising cucumbers and, and carrots for our children? No. What the verbiage is, is landfill means a trash dump. Let's talk clearly with what we're talking about. The state of Maine has no idea, has no plan, has, and it's in a solid waste crisis. What do we do with this stuff? We find the least expensive place, we go and dump it, and we cover it up, and hopefully we forget about it. That's not what's happened. It's close. It's close to the town's drinking water. It's close to, it's close to the Penobscot River, which is already <clears throat> causing major pollution, too. We've got to get on this landfill so-called trash dump issue as a state and as a, as a country. There are ways to do this. Europe is doing much, much better than we are. They have forced technologies to change, better construction material, et cetera, et cetera. They have, they have built better incineration devices, which take care of toxic waste much better. But the cheapest and the only way we know is we're running around with our heads cut off. Let's dig a hole in the ground and let's throw trash in it. And that's what's going to go on. And that's where that's in Bucksport has been targeted as the next possible way to do this. We need to say no. We will contribute to the answers, but we will need to say no. We're not going to do this now. This is a major, major step backward for all of us, not just the town of Bucksport. But to do business as, as usual is insane. When do we learn, folks? When do we learn to stop polluting the earth for multi-generations, landfills are multi-generational problems. They're not just the problems now. They le we leave this forever. And, and to follow up on that, what Don was saying, that is extremely close to Silver Lake. It's just over a little stretch of woods in a field, and you have Silver Lake, the town reservoir, and it's it's even closer, I think, to the Penobscot River. So people talk about construction debris like it can be innocuous. Well, it isn't. It's going to be tiles with asbestos. It's going to be lead pipes. It's going to be sheetrock that may have be soaked with chemicals. It's going to be PFAS. We don't even know what's going in there. And, and, and it's not going to be like these people that are putting it in dumpsters are going to be saying, oh, we're not going to put that in there. They may have asbestos. These are going to be people that are tearing things down, throwing it in dumpsters or containers and taking it up. And we're going to have no idea w what's there. Was it are they tearing down a building that stored chemicals that leaked out of barrels and they're tearing down the flooring that is full of chemicals? benzene who knows what 
So, it, and it's right next to our reservoir, right next. And that leachate is not treated. It's not treated. It goes right into the river. That was built to Moscow. Hans, you had wanted to. Well, I was, I was just going to ask somebody to speak to that issue that Bill just, uh, Ralph might be able to add to that. But also, if somebody here could define exactly what is, where this trash is coming from, the difference between in state, out of state trash, where, how wide the, area is going to be that's going to be using this proposed landfill? Yes, at the current time, the state has tried to regulate out-of-state construction debris from coming into the state and going into into the state landfill at Juniper Ridge. Uh, The legislature has struggled with this for many years and uh, was unable to stop the out-of-state waste coming in because of uh, some technicalities involving the the definitions and the uh, Constitution's Commerce Clause and so forth. Uh, Recently, the last legislative session, uh, law was passed that takes effect uh, February 1st of this year that tries to prevent the out-of-state waste from coming in and filling up the state's landfill much more quickly than anticipated. That law hasn't gone into effect as we speak today, and um, therefore uh, a legal challenge to the law can't be filed until it goes into effect. And uh, I expect that after it goes into effect, uh, legal challenges will be filed, and will be a, I expect a court case to see whether or not the law that the legislature passed will actually hold up or whether it will be overturned. So there is the possibility that any landfill that takes in statewide waste, which is what was seemingly on the being verbally proposed for the expansion of Bucksport's old landfill at the mill site, could become not only a statewide landfill, but a, uh, a, a New England regional wide uh, landfill. And and that's, of course, another concern. I think it's worth mentioning that from a public policy perspective, there's a hierarchy of preference for what to do with wastes uh, that that include reduce, reuse, recycle, incinerate, and landfill. Landfill is the least preferable method for dealing with solid waste from a public policy perspective. How far is this existing landfill from the Penobscot River, roughly? From what you were describing, Bill, it sounded like a quarter of a mile up. Is that from the main street there? or I was talking the quarter of a mile from the town site, but if you if okay. you go out the river road and you go by the uh, Sprague tanks, there's a road that goes up to the landfill, and the landfill is right there. And if you peak that hill, you look to your left, and you look down, there's the Penobscot River. It's right there. It's right there. That stream flows out of there, flows along Route 15 by the uh, Methodist Church right into the river. So and maybe, Don, you could speak, Don, to the size because you talked about the acreage, but there's more acreage up there. 2016, AIM has been out of compliance with the permit. DEP has known about it, has registered complaints. Nothing has been done. Understand that DEP has been a gutted agency in Maine. 
I think the LePage administration withdrew significant funds from that, and they're now just trying to get back on their feet. Their reports, their reports, which are spotty, it's not being monitored daily as recommended. It's being monitored perhaps by somebody going up there once a year, checking monitoring wells, looking around to see the leachate pond, et cetera, and making recommendations. Nothing is being done. There is no enforcement. So we're basically opening up a can of worms here. There's a positive negative in that we're now seeing what a mess there is up there and people are becoming conscious of it. But there is nobody forcing compliance. There is nobody on top of this. So perhaps that's one of the functions of of this issue right now is that we're going to force something to change. But right now there is limited, limited monitoring and no enforcement of of a non-compliant landfill that's there. But the issue is landfills are bad. This is not the way to deal with trash. And that's the bottom line here. You're going to have significant major sources of pollution to Mother Earth no matter what if you continue to dig a hole in the ground and throw stuff in it that's toxic. I expect, knowing our listeners, that hearing this, a lot of them will be very concerned and will want to know what they can do. And I know we mentioned that a little bit before, and Tracy had some great recommendations about definitely watching the Town of Bucksport's website for when this is going to come up at council meetings and so forth. Have you all formed a group or started a Facebook page or done any of that stuff? Or where else can people kind of plug in and make sure that they stay up to date about all of this? We haven't organized or formed a group. We've had uh, two meetings together, this this particular group of folks, and we're, we're really just a cohort of concerned citizens. I think um, the link to a forum that we that we hosted and held will be up on Facebook on the Elm Street Brown Hall page. But we haven't formed. There is no organized group. Officially, we're thinking about it. It, it, It's it's hard to navigate that at this stage. There was last November a man up in um, North Bucksport who started a Google Drive album. He's very good at this stuff and um, collected all the material available at that time into one album that I believe is still available. I myself have started a Google Drive album of the latest DEP reports and um, Ralph's wonderful statement on what's happening here now. And I've got that all and I'm willing to make it available to anybody who wants to see it. And I'm hoping I can link it with the album up from North Bucksport in some way. But that is still formative. And I, I am open to any advice, um, any sites for sharing this information on. Should people email you with that? Do you want to give an email address or do you want them to email us and we'll forward it to you? How do you want to work that? Um, I want to dump it all on Ralph or Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Ralph Chapman. (laughs) How do you feel about that? (laughs) Can I give an email address to you? And can can people ask you, Amy? And um, if anything, you know, I, I just don't... I. Yeah, yeah, just totally swamped right now. So uh, can you act as a filter on that? Let's do this. If people want to email news at weru.org and put Bucksport Landfill in the subject line, I will pass it along to all of you. 
And we are just about out of time. But Ralph, you look like you wanted to jump in here. Don, your name also got raised as possibly um, somebody to contact about this. So (laughs) let us know how you feel about that. And just real quick statements, maybe one minute each, and we'll wrap up. I wanted to remind uh, listeners that uh, your elected officials at the local level and at the state level are people that you should be uh, very comfortable in contacting, and I uh, would recommend that you do so. Uh, It may be notable that the state senator for the district, uh, the state senate district that Bucksport is in, Senator Lyford is on the uh, Environment and Natural Resources Committee of the state legislature, which deals with landfill issues and mining issues and a host of other environmental issues. So uh, that's worth being aware of. Done. This is reasonably early in the process, but it's important that people jump onto this now and express their opinions and express their concerns. There have been there have been a couple of meetings. We've had a citizens forum that was well attended at Brown Hall. It was the largest uh, uh, attendance I think they've had at their meet your neighbor kind of forum. So the issue is getting out there and is getting aware. Any of us, please, please approach that you see in town, that kind of stuff. Uh, but the issue has been is is becoming knowledge. People are understanding it and, and getting aware of it now. And we need to we need to completely uh, talk to our talk to our counselors and our legislators about this because they're they're the ones that can stop this kind of foolishness now. I think you just gave the most community radio answer in history of like how, what to do if you want more information. Any of us you see in town, stop us and ask us. That's a great way to end it. <laughs> and uh, we will continue to stop in you and ask you questions about this as it proceeds. I appreciate you all taking time to talk with me today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Amy. You're listening to Maine Currents on WERU-FM. I'm Amy Brown. Don White and Tracy Hare will be moderating a public forum on this topic on February 21st. That's a Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. at Brown Hall in Bucksport. It's on the corner of Franklin and Elm Streets. They plan to invite folks who've been dealing with the Juniper Ridge situation upriver to talk about what it is like to live with an active landfill. Up next, we get Bucksport Town Manager Susan Lassard's take on the situation. She also spoke with us in late January. The verbal proposal was made to a subcommittee of the council a couple of months ago now. And following that, the direction to me from them was to do due diligence, as we do in any proposal that comes before the town in any fashion, to check on the environmental and legal and the that background kind of information. And so since the that meeting was held, that's what the town has been doing, which is getting information from the Department of Environmental Protection, has requested information from the AG's office in regard to the legality of a private landfill going to a municipal. And, the, and if that is the case, whether it had to be the municipality in which the landfill was located, There's only been two conversions from private to public landfills, and those both were mill landfills, and both went to the state, Juniper Ridge being one, and Dolby and Millinocket being the second. So the state could potentially partner with AIM if they wanted to. The state has done it twice. The state, 
I have no reason to believe that the state of Maine has any, any interest in this landfill at all. I, I honestly do not. It's not a solid waste constructed landfill. It, it is was a mill landfill, which was licensed for the types of products, mill sludges, construction and demolition debris, um, dirty soils, waste wood. Those were the kind of things. There was a long list, uh, eight or nine items that could be disposed of there. But the interesting thing about this, the due diligence that we're doing in this proposal is that we've really learned a lot that we didn't know. And without the question being raised, I'm not sure how we would have known, which is that I had assumed that this landfill was lined. It isn't. There's only one section of it that has a lining. And that's because state law doesn't require a lining under a C&D landfill. I also learned that the leachate collection system has an eventual outfall to the river that's untreated. And that is legal as well. And these are things that we've learned in addition to the current condition, which there are some compliance issues at the site. The, the state believes that the leachate pond is leaking. Um, the leachate collection system, for some reason, has increased the amount of leachate dramatically over the two years without any corresponding change in disposal. Um, so there was a lot of environmental questions that we are now getting more information on, which is this morning I received five years worth of data from the monitoring wells around that facility so that we can overlay those on our aquifers in the region to see if any of those wells are showing trends in any direction that are negative. But as I said, without this question being on the table, we never would have known. And so at the end of the day, I think that the town and its due diligence will have a lot of information that it can utilize in encouraging DEP to deal with the compliance issues that are, are open issues at that facility. The the council itself has nothing in front of it right this minute. It, it has nothing to act on, shall we say. It's just in uh, Susan, go investigate this phase actually at the moment. And that's what's happening. And I, I understand that and have heard from many people in the community who do not support the idea of this. I, I can tell you that the initial proposal to the committee had some positives. Anyone would say, what's a positive in the landfill? The positives were the town creates C&D. We have to have a disposal area for it. It's extremely expensive and there's nothing local. That's, they offered that as, as, as a free disposal for the towns as part of this. And then a tipping fee for any other tonnage from other communities, C&D that went there also, which is a, an additional revenue stream in addition to property taxes. And then finally, it was sort of couched in terms of regionally, there's no, there's no good location for construction and demo. And it's very expensive for communities in our region to dispose of it. 
and that this would provide a regional solution to that. So on the surface, those were the three positives. And so the committee said, okay, this is what you say is what it is. Susan, go see how that, what this looks like on the ground, you know, environmentally where it is legally, could this even happen? Those kind of things. And, and that's what we're doing. And, and part of, of the issue here is now that some things that are okay in state law aren't consistent with the environmental standards that Bucksport has, which even if it was in some location where there was nothing around it, it wasn't either the river, it wasn't near the downtown, it was out somewhere where nobody was even around it. Is it a good idea to have an unlined landfill have anything in it? And, and in my estimation, the answer is no, because we only have to look for PFAS as an example. Spread some sludge, they said. This would be good. It makes things grow fast. It's a great cost-effective way for sewer treatment plants and mills to get rid of their sludge. And here we are with a discovery that there were things in it that we didn't know about. And I can't help but believe that construction and demo would be the same thing. You know, you have a landfill, it's not lined, you put things in it. Ten years from now, it's another aha moment where we discover that Christmas trees, that should have been lined. You know, we really shouldn't have been just letting that go into the environment. And, but that's a law. I mean, it's, that takes legislative change. Um, The allowance for leachate to go into a water body untreated. That's a legislative change. I mean, these are things that, that are beyond our scope, but, but certainly are things that the town can use in consideration of a proposal. Is it consistent with the environmental standard that we want? So of more information to get. Some people are very anxious for us to just say no, but there's nothing to say no to right this minute. There's no written proposal in front of the town. So what the town can do is gain all the information possible. So if that comes to the town, that there's a a data and fact-based body of information to go along with the concerns that we've heard raised by our residents. Then no new commercial landfill licensing in Maine since the mid-1980s when they overhauled a whole waste management law in Maine and developed the solid waste hierarchy and did all of that work. If AIM had kept property at the mill site, and put some business on there. I don't know, what, whatever. It could have used that landfill for the disposal of waste from that business, depending on what the business was. Because it's, it was a private landfill, it would have remained a private landfill, and AIM, but AIM doesn't own anything anymore. All AIM owns in Bucksport is the landfill and the dam... Um, piping water rights system for Silver Lake. It doesn't own anything where a business, it could locate a business in order to use it. And even if it did, it would be limited to only from that. There's no way for a, a private entity to operate a commercial landfill. The only way is to turn over ownership to a municipality and 
as I said, that's not been done. It's the only examples out there are it's happened with the state on those two occasions. And so that the, can it happen? Well, it's happened twice, not with town, but it, it has happened private to the state on two occasions. And, and honestly, if environmentally this is, has issues and AIM can't partner with anyone, if Bucksport says no, then I would be uncomfortable with 1.1 million cubic yards of land space, landfill space just sitting in Bucksport because in 15 years, if the state's in a mess with its solid waste, which it is in this region now, but not enough of a mess that it's going to take over, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see that partnership happen at that property, which would mean if, if it's not going to be Bucksport and, and environmentally the, it's just not good, then capping closure is the best option because AIM has no other options on its own. That was Bucksport Town Manager Susan Lassard speaking with us in late January. Another issue she is seeking to clarify is what Bucksport's options might be if AIM were to seek another municipality to partner with if Bucksport declines to reopen the landfill and what Bucksport's options might be if that were to happen. As of Friday, the town had still not received a written proposal from AIM or the 2022 inspection report. You've been listening to Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture here on WERU-FM on the first Tuesday of every month at 4 p.m. Be sure to also catch the Newsy short feature Around Town on Thursday mornings at 8.30. You can reach us at news at weru.org. I'm Amy Brown. Thanks for listening.